0: You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi there, this is the legendary Tom DeFalco, and you are listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Epic Marvel
0: Movie Podcast. I'm Steve Ferguson. And I am also going to speak very punctuated. Mm. I am Douglas Ferguson. Well, well, Doug, how's your life been lately? Um. Well, I, I, you know, I'm working again, mm-hmm. so that's nice that mm-hmm. I'm not uh, locked up all the time at home. But... Mm. Um, but on uh, the downside is I'm also commuting to work. That sucks. Yeah, but um. But uh, yeah, no, it's been okay. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's been a, it's actually been a really exciting time on my my YouTube channel, to be mm. honest. Tbh, everybody, mm-hmm. that is, uh, if you were looking up, moving underscore pictures with a K on YouTube. So it's moving mm-hmm. underscore mm-hmm. pictures with a K. Pictures, but the K, the C that would be in pictures is yeah. a K indeed. Okay, so not it's a, moving
1: underscore P I K T U R E S with a K,
0: or you could just look up Beast Wars Wednesday. Okay, <laughs> and right. then uh, that's the sort of the flagship show of the of the channel. Yeah. Anyways, the point is is that we've been our our subscriber count has been increasing. So like we get a certain amount of subscribers per month. It just seems like lately it's it's doubled. Oh. So you know we're still not like big deal yet, but. But progress, you know, progress. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, that's been exciting to see happen. It's all the same stuff, though. It's all people just watching. Ali hasn't seen the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I believe that? Why do I believe that? Or Ali hasn't seen the Lion King too? Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So we're going to be doing uh, sometime in the near future. Ali hasn't seen the Lion King one and a half. <laughs> Actually, Doug hasn't seen the Lion King one and a half either. So it'll be both of our fresh reactions. Oh, well, on. was it? Doug and Ali hasn't seen Lion King too. Uh, no, I, I had seen Lion King two at some point, but just once and a long time ago, back when it was like new. So I didn't remember that much about it. Mm. I know all the girls apparently like uh, apparently like that bad
1: line because he's like a bad boy. Kovu, Kovu. The gr- yeah, the girls like the Kovu. <laughs> girls like Kovu. you know you know why Doug? It's for the same reason that girls like Starscream. He's a project.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was not as much of a project as Starscream is <laughs> Star- Starscream is definitely a project. Any girl who like has a crush on Starscream <laughs> needs to respect herself more. Because that guy's not just a project, he's an idiot. <laughs> he is adult beyond like understanding. Like he is so stupid, how did he become a general in the Decepticon army? He'll betray you girls? He'll betray you. He'll one hundred percent betray you. <laughs> he brought, and he'll tell you to your face you to... before it even happens. He's like, if I was sleeping with somebody else, I would be happier. <laughs> and then he'd go and do it, and he'd be like, Starscream, how could you? <laughs> My time will come." <laughs> Uh, and yet she stays
1: with him. Oh, yeah, then She'll she stay just, with him.
0: <laughs> Don't date Star <Starscraper>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Who else who else
1: was in that list? Uh, Frollo. Uh Frollo. Count Frollo from Hunchback. Um was it oh. wasn't that, that list oh. of, of of like uh
0: project crushes. Oh jeez. You know, I I get Aladdin because he's a good guy at heart, even yeah. though he's like He's got a lying problem. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, and he's really, you know, hot, even though he's got no nipples and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <for> um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, when you start getting into, like, really evil people territory, mm. I just don't, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm a little stumped. The thing is about Frollo is that he's passionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Anyways, moving <laughs> on. <down. laughs>
0: yeah, well, but he also is a man who ignores his convictions. Very, very true. So, very. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: never mind. <laughs> never mind. This is just a this is just a bad rabbit hole. Also,
0: really has very little to do. If if actually probably nothing to do. No, not nothing, but very very little to do with our movie slash comic today. Yeah, uh, to be honest, this is a
1: although at face value this is kind of a weird one. It's not the weirdest uh, because we well, what what adaptation
0: are we covering today, Doug? Today we are talking about. The comic book adaptation of the movie, which is also an adaptation of a comic book strip. Yeah. um, Annie. Yeah, so... um, A.K.A. Little Orphan Annie.
1: Or Little Orphant Annie, uh, due to a a typo uh, that uh, got well-established for too long. Uh So that was all done by Harold Gray uh, around the time period the film was set in. Harold Gray, who was very, very anti-FDR. Like, yeah, man, he hated himself FDR. He hated... Uh, Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt, like just hated the guy, Hmm. Uh, and somehow that has worked its way into every single adaptation. (laughs) Just, just like uh, that. That I found strange about both the film and the comic adaptation was how it wasn't a plot point at all, but the politics snuck in. It's just like Mm -hmm. Warbucks is like Warbucks is just like ah, the guy's you know the guy's so. so impatient, you know, but you know, I expect that from a Democrat. You know, it's just like it's like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? Is this is a musical about an orphan girl. It's
0: just it's just realism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just going. It's just world building. <laughs> it's just going going above and beyond. Yeah, um, and w- which is especially interesting given our current context, because these days FDR is remembered very fondly. Um, mm-hmm. But but I mean. Like any president or any political figure, you could argue at the time there were there were very loud critics who uh, who let's let's not let's not bury the lead hated their guts.
0: So I mean, really, honestly, history's been kind to a lot of presidents. Mm. Um, except except I feel Nixon. Everyone just kind of <laughs> he's like the go to one where everyone's like, ooh, yeah, Nixon. Ooh, Nixon. The Nixon era. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to also remember there was that there was that president
1: who died after like a few days in office because he. Caught pneumonia after his uh, his his uh, his uh, acceptance speech or whatever. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, that
0: that one I find is just funny. I, I mean, in in a cos- in, in, in this grand scheme of the cosmos, yeah, uh, this sort of like hilarious poeticism, yes, but. Yeah. But it is also just a guy
1: dying. <laughs> yeah, no, very true. So yeah, Little Orphan Annie, uh, the comic strip done by Harold Gray. But then the mantle was taken up by um, someone that uh, the comic adaptation interviewed at the end, and he had actually he had actually been working on it for one, uh, Leonard Starr, I think the name was. Uh, oh god, sorry. The the ads are incredible on this. Are oh, we looking at the? Uh... Yeah, at the very end is an outrageously long uh, behind-the-scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I read through some of Leonard it, Star, honest, yeah, honestly, right. I
0: couldn't read through a lot of it.
1: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I will get into that. But yeah, Leonard Starr apparently took up the mantle and was writing uh, Little Orphan Annie, or just Annie, um, for quite a while. And then this is not actually even the first adaptation um, of Annie into film. The first one was actually in the 30s itself. And there have been numerous film adaptations of the comic strip, including... Uh, there was a Disney one, and there was one. Uh, the Disney one was with was that whole controversy because it was a black girl, which you know,
0: on oh, the recent one, yeah, from which, like twenty fourteen, I think.
1: Which let's be honest, given the context, of the story, the race has zero bearing on it.
0: Uh, honestly, like, yeah, that didn't that didn't phase me. I'm, no. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's just a new, it's just a new telling of the story, and I guess you know, the only criticism I would think of is that uh, Annie's red hair is very iconic. True. Yeah, But then again, you know, but at the end of the day, like, I don't care. Hmm. I also didn't watch the movie. (laughs) And my understanding is the actual criticisms of the film had very little bearing on the race of the protagonists.
1: There was also uh, an adaptation in 99 as well. So I feel like Annie is probably one that's that every 20 years or something, someone's going to go back to the well and adapt the story. And I think that's, given the context of the story, that's okay because... um, a societal sort of um, retelling the story in society as it is
0: now, given how much society changes, is worthwhile. But definitely, the '80s one is the most iconic
1: and yeah. has
0: been the most like long-standing. Um, when people think of Annie, the '80s movie tends to be what they think of.
1: Yeah, in part because it went so outrageously over budget. Like the movie was something like the tenth highest grossing for '82, but barely made any money arguably didn't make any
0: money because of how over over cost they went well probably i mean did in the long run no doubt because like yeah this is i mean this I, I mean i remember seeing this on tv all the time all the time Yeah. i never watched this on video mm-hmm. and well i guess you know you and me both because we grew up together all, you, know, you know spoiler alert everyone we're brothers. <laughs> we're brothers we didn't actually just happen to have the same last name no um <laughs> but um uh, every time you, you play that on TV, the network's paying mm-hmm. the distributor, and every video sale goes toward the distributor or the, uh, the the well, the you know it gets divvied up between the studio distributor, blah, 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 all that stuff. Like this, this one um, is one that's probably definitely over time earned his money back and more. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and I I actually wonder where a lot of the production costs went. I think uh, to the. You know, if I were to, like, peg it, I would say probably sets and um,
0: getting all the extras and the choreography and stuff. That was the thing that came to my mind uh, as well, is that, um, you know, they're shooting on film stock, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's well before digital cameras. Um, So takes are expensive, and not only are you doing, like, um, big dance numbers, you're doing some big dance numbers with kids. Yes, yeah. And and you know, it's like what are you going to do get a mad mad at a little kid for for not tapping in the right time or something like that. Like, it's, it, there's a lot that went into some of, the, some of the stuff in here.
1: You know, and the thing is, I kept trying to catch them uh, as I was watching. I kept trying to catch them to see if they were using short adults or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a scene um, about halfway through, I think they're getting ready for the movie, where it shows Annie's feet and she's tap dancing. I'm like, I bet you anything they snuck in a, a tap dancer. But then the camera pulls back and and then she's behind a current, except for feet. I'm like, yeah, I bet you they're using, they're, I bet you they're using uh, an adult tap dancer. But then they pull back to current, and it's her doing it. I was like, oh, they and they did this a lot, where I'd have this expectation, and like, oh, this 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 kid quote unquote who's doing the backflip on the bed. I wonder if it's actually an adult. And you're like, oh no, this is actually a kid as well.
0: just uh, uh, seems like they yeah. got some really talented kids to do it.
1: Yeah, which yeah. I mean, must
0: have been must been, been hell for the choreography. Um, uh, I not mean, not been, I mean, anytime you work with kids, yeah. Regardless, I mean, even excluding dancing, mm. it's it's going to take longer. Also, it really limits the hours you can shoot. Although, yeah. I don't know what the labor standards were for kids in movies this day and age. It's it's long ago enough. It probably isn't what it is today. But it's not so long ago mm. that it's, like, really problematic. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what it was like in the early 80s.
1: Yeah, and let's bear in mind as well that... Um, even if you've got the most professional kids on the planet the fact of the matter is when you've got grilling hours and you've got a choreography and stuff like that the kids are gonna need more and longer breaks and they're gonna they're gonna get emotional far more than adults will simply due to the fact that they're children um, and so as such you're, you're you're gonna need more time for some of these let's face it some of these advanced dance numbers like I, I mean there's the one at the beginning, were again, like I said, they're doing like freaking flips and stuff on the bed and and, and cartwheels and I mean that's all got to be synchronized in time and stuff. That's 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 rough stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, the hard knock life number, which I think. Well, when, when I watched this, um, the, um, my wife she knew the song, but yeah. she'd never seen any. And so that song has transcended the musical. It's and, been sampled uh, a few times. It's it's yeah. it's it's pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Um, and as has like you know, um, is it just called tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I yeah. I, yes, although
0: although I think more people acknowledge or or recognize that that is from Annie than I think Hard Knock Life. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. Um... But yeah, I I think that uh, Hard Knock Life is is that whole number is probably like the highlight of the film to mm. me. Like it's actually. It's really cool, very well shot, very fun. Um, it's Yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, it's, like, right at the beginning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I will take a note that the guy who did the stage play, Martin Charnin... He hates every single adaptation of his stage play.
0: He hates all of them. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sure he gets money for it, so he gets <laughs> money.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, and I understood some of the reasons, but, I mean, like, the guy's got apparently got to go on record every single time there's an adaptation just to say how much he hates it. And at this point, it's just like, dude, just let go,
0: okay? I mean... He's a real Alan Moore, isn't he?
1: <laughs> <laughs> or uh, P.L. Travers. Uh, or, you know, it's... It's like, okay, I understand your reasons, but you need to kind of pull back. First of all, because you're not the creator of any. So, I mean, you have less of a reason to be so embittered. Yeah, you did did the stage
0: production. You know, but but you can only take so much ownership over mm -hmm. a property that has gone over multimedia, right? Yeah. Like different mediums.
1: And yeah, yeah I, I understand there's there's some something, like, he, he was very involved in some of the songwriting stuff, and there were some things he found disheartening, but there comes a point where it's just like, you are part of a process. The stage production is still going on to this day. It's not like people are just like, I didn't even know there was a stage production. The stage production is still going on to this day. Uh, and, you know, it's a very, a very popular one. So... I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really have that much sympathy. I read his points. I thought, oh, that's interesting. They eliminated a reprise of this, and they added in that, and he didn't like the portrayal of. Okay, uh, so he wanted, he Friends. wanted a very, very loyal adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. again, we have mentioned this many times on the show. Uh, the loyalty to the adaptation is not as important as the cohesiveness of the story in the medium that is being presented.
0: Well, also, you know, you uh, you have to make. Um, concessions yeah, yeah. you know the f- film it just works different than theater yeah. it does and to just do a straight up adaptation just probably wouldn't work for a movie um, I mean you could do you know you could easily do something like what Hamilton did recently over Disney Plus where they just release a film version of the of the, um, of the, the, yeah, of the, the Broadway, Broadway musical sure. right? so. uh,
1: there was one that uh, Jessica and Scarlett were watching my wife and daughter uh, it was of uh, a Little Mermaid uh, a sort of a state, a party where there was like a huge stage, but it extended out into the crowd. Uh, it was on Disney Plus, and it, but it was The Little Mermaid, and they had um, the gal who plays Moana. She was playing Ariel uh, in this adaptation and stuff, and it was very inventive. There were clips of the movie, and the, and then there was live action done between certain clips of the movie, and, stuff. and it was very inventive. And uh, and I, I mean, I thought that was interesting to do, kind of a blending of the two. Okay, but uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, why don't you walk us through the plot of Annie?
0: Oh, the plots. The plot. Um. Well, this is one of those plots where the title character slash protagonist really doesn't like have so much agency over her story. Mm. <laughs> um. So she's not she's not what we would call an active protagonist. Um. But basically, Annie is an orphan. She lives in an orphanage, as orphans tend to do, um, which is run by um, Carol Brunette's character... Miss... uh, Miss Hannigan. Miss Hannigan. Hannigan. Who is... uh, She's not... She's not the nicest lady. She's... um, She's a bit hard on the kids. She she keeps... uh, Wait, do you remember... Unfortunately, um, I watched the, the... Movie a little while ago. Does she say kill 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 all the time in the film as well? Not all the time. Not all. Right. time. I think
1: she let it slip a couple times, but blinking um, blinking blink you miss it. It
0: seems like it was more emphasized in the comic, but y- yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the yeah she's very hard on them. She you know they she feeds them gross food and and makes them clean the place all the time. You know puts basically puts them to labor um, and. And she doesn't like Annie particularly. It seems she got she got because Annie has a very strong personality, and she keeps trying to escape as well, which is a big thing um, that you know she shouldn't be doing. Um, And indeed, the the, she does wind up escaping, uh, going out with the laundry, and then uh, she meets a dog, and the dog's name is Sandy, and she stops some kids from uh, throwing. They're They're just just tormenting tormenting the the poor dog. And um, then she gets caught by a police officer and goes back to the orphanage where somebody comes in a uh, a visitor who works for um a big billionaire um, which
1: by the way billionaire in the 30s like holy cow yeah man, this dude's
0: loaded so his name is um oliver warbucks and um grace is the the lady who works for him and um She's like, well, you know, we're trying this new thing out where, where do for, I mean, it's really for a publicity thing, mm. but um, Warbucks is gonna take in <laughs> that name is pretty on the nose though, uh, yeah, Warbucks, uh-huh. um, and uh, she takes it, he takes in an orphan for a week, and uh, and just just as just to make, I don't know, I guess shed a positive light on him, I guess, I don't know, yeah. I- it's an interesting kind of
1: idea that I don't think was really fleshed out very well. It's for publicity to improve his public image, but the staff also seem to be so behind it, As and um, Grace also seems to be uh, very much uh, secretly in love with him. They I think they kind of see something in Warbucks. They see a gentle side that just hasn't had a chance to be nurtured, and they kind of want to push him more in that direction. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, like, if... <laughs> I kind of had to like reason that in my head; otherwise, a lot of Warbucks as a character made no sense
0: to me. Yes, yes. Which I guess we'll get into shortly. But basically, they take Annie, um, despite some protests from Miss um, An- uh, Hannigan, and uh, she and he's like, "Okay, I'll get, I'll start cleaning the place." They're like, "No, no, 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 no. You're a guest. We'll clean the place." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then hijinks. <laughs> I don't know if there's some hijacks yeah. yeah, um and you know and and she wants I mean the, the it's not exactly like a breakneck pace story. Uh she wants to find her real parents. Daddy Warbucks starts to come around and uh and and, and wants to adopt Annie and and then uh, and then help her find her real parents because that's what Annie wants to do. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's
1: just kind of the story in a nutshell. Which is strange for such a bizarrely long film. It's it's over two hours. Yeah. It's like 2.10? Something like that, yeah. Um, um, I was a little... I'm going to be straight up, even as far as musical goes, uh, musicals go, I feel like
0: the pacing in this left something to be desired. Musicals always have a, a pacing issue, in my opinion, because you're always sidelining the story um, to have a musical number. So the exception of that, actually, I find is the flight of the Concorde show, <laughs> where they they really incorporate the story into their songs and move move the plot ahead with the song. Sure, um, but that's very uncommon. Mm. Um, and this is definitely one of those cases where there isn't like there's not loads going on. There's not loads going on to be honest. Um, so yeah, I I feel like this
1: the this this story owes a lot to Sound of Music and Kane and I, mm-hmm. except instead of, um, instead of a nursemaid or a nanny or whatever, it's a kid in the role of the one who's got to loosen up the patriarch of the household. Right. Um, I haven't seen the Kane and I in years. Uh, I, Sound saw, of Music,
0: I saw a cartoon adaptation. I found it, I found it very wanting, hmm. probably because it was based off of something that was much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I haven't seen the classic King and I. Yeah,
1: and uh, and Sound of Music I'm very familiar with. I've seen quite a few times. Um, Sound of Music embraced its pacing. It said, "Look, this is gonna be this is gonna be like a, <laughs> a really long movie." He's like, guess what, everybody? Two video cassettes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I felt that they were clever about it by making them basically two different movies. Uh, so at least at
0: least they were. Yeah, I guess really they were. Yeah,
1: I mean, like I told Andrew that one day he's gonna have to watch the sound of music. He kind of rolled his eyes at me. I'm like, hey, look, the first one is about a lady who's trying to charm her way, you know, into the heart of of a a father who's disconnected, and the second part is a uh, a Nazi film. So
0: (laughs) he's like, "Hmm." just takes a just takes "Hmm." a right
1: turn. Um, Scarlett actually really enjoyed this movie uh, oh, she did she, she didn't want to watch it she wanted to do her own thing but I had it on and she just she was transparent by the end of it she was sitting on the couch said is that, is that guy gonna kill Annie oh, well that's what he would like to do she's like he's going to kill her. <laughs> and,
0: like, and of course, the bad guy oh, yeah. rooster is played by none other than Tim Curry. <laughs> 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 um, so, you know, and that's the thing is I, I, I for the most part, really like the
1: cast. The, the ca- Okay. The cast is a one. And uh, honestly, I, I, they caught Tim Curry just at like, uh, just as his career was really starting to blossom. Right. But uh, if you look at his c- credits, Prior to Annie, there is a lot, but not a lot of big stuff. Right. Uh, the biggest thing at that point for him was Rocky Horror, right? Which is such a strange. Um, <sighs> if you stick those two roles end to end, <laughs> yeah. well, that you shows know. his diversity. Oh, um, and he, and he's great. He's great. Uh, and, and he's got uh, he's got a fluidity to his movements that uh, unfortunately him and Bernadette Peters, um, him and Bernadette Peters barely get the opportunity to actually
0: show their their her skills in this and Bernadette Peters is amazing uh and yep. like I, I I was I was quite taken by her actually even though oh, she's yeah. kind of sinister uh in this in this particular film um I just found her really charming and really um I don't know like, like she just kind of stole stole the frame that she was in uh and also like um it's a shame because I know she has a lovely singing voice she is she is uh I know her best as Rita from Animaniacs well, yeah, Rita true. The yeah, cat. yeah
1: yeah
0: um and uh, you didn't really hear no, much of it. No, no. So that's a shame. Uh, yeah. Uh, she
1: was also in Silent Movie, uh, which is the one of the earlier roles that I saw her in, uh, Gorgeous Woman. Uh, I, Albert Finney, uh, truthfully, um, the, the film role I always immediately associate him with, which may or may not be fair is uh aaron brokovich he played the he played the editor the chief editor and i thought honestly he was the best damn part of that movie he was so good in that film hmm. uh i thought i thought he blew everybody and julia roberts included i thought he blew everyone else out of the water in that film and selling that movie um, um yeah he, he just passed away last year i think i think so i think yeah, it was really recent
0: yeah.
1: uh speaking of which sorry sidebar did you hear who died freaking today
0: Diana Rigg. Yes, I did see that one, yeah. Crushed, man. Yeah, so there you go. There's a little timestamp for everybody. Today is the day Diana Rigg died. Oh, um Yeah, I know, well, I know you always had a, a bit of a crush oh, on Diana Oh, my Rigg. goodness, Diana Rigg. It um, uh, worked right uh, right near right the end. Yeah. So she, she was in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, a, a very long, um, a, like, a lot of highlights in her career. Um, and, you know, like... She, yeah she's 82 was it yeah, yeah yeah so i mean a pretty good long life you know i i i yeah god bless her wherever she goes uh carol burnett's also in
1: this film mm-hmm. uh fantastic fantastically sells the role um she had a very difficult job of basically portraying a cartoon character in a live action movie um uh, but having to sell it because, um, her role is cartoony. She's yeah, an over the top, uh, over sexualized, over drunk, um, overly cruel person. Um, and so I think tapping a comedian like her was a good, was a good, good, good move. She, she really, really sells the part and, um... Uh, even the the moments like watch her performance, the moments where she's mimicking the kids' voices and stuff like that, it just it just those are tiny moments where you really tap into who she is as a as a comedian. Um, oh, my favorite though Jeffrey Holder, uh, and favorite with uh, quotation marks about it. The he plays Punjab. He's from Trinidad, uh, which is very awkward having a Caribbean man. Play Punjabi, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah. And here's my henchman, Mister Great Britain. You know, just like, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, it's embarrassing. Um, I recognize him
0: as Baron Samdi from *Live and Let yes, Die*. That was the other. Yeah. i was trying to think of like what else did we see him in again? Baron Samdi. That's right. He, um, so he, uh, there's another James Bond connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I'll, I'll, I'll see. Um, um, oh no, we were just never mind. No, Danyerek wasn't in. Uh, sorry, I got no. But uh, Albert Finney was in *Skyfall*. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, so... Um, yeah, I guess I got my wires crossed there for a second, but... Well, Diana Rigg wasn't... Um, yeah, the, the Asp guy... The Asp and, and um, Punjab, you want to talk about aspects of the film that have aged extremely poorly, yeah. <laughs> the, the the racial caricatures... Um, not that you know. The thing is, I mean, they weren't. I don't think they're meant to be mean spirited. No, but they, but you know. But at the same time, it's, it's still very very cringy. It's not as bad as uh,
1: Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. No, no, so, I would say. But
0: but but this, ha- be- but this was also later. Than that. Yeah, that's true. That's so um, you know, um, I mean, they
1: they weren't in the stage production, but they were from the comic. And the reason why they weren't in the stage production was because those characters was because um, Channing didn't want to have those sort of like comic and also magical elements and mm. this the producers of the film were like well let's bring those magic star elements back and fortunately they didn't use uh they didn't use Punjab's magical abilities as a deus ex machina to rescue Annie that that would have been cheating it matters. was it
0: was kind of weird when it just happened though it's like he, he's he's like play, making an airplane fly around fly, and, then and then moving telekinetically moving and, the, and then the you're looking at like why is this happening <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. But if you want to, like, if you want to talk about what I think really makes this film well remembered um, and iconic, is Eileen Quinn, yeah, as Annie. I think she's a spectacular find. Which is like, have you seen her filmography? It's almost nothing. Yeah, she kind of like, she just kind of. I mean, she did some things after this, but not sure. like, but not a lot. But like, hundred percent, like just charisma and charm, like a. a A smile that lights up the frame, a a wicked Um, right hook, uh, (laughs) um, dancing, singing abilities—like honestly, like an incredible, incredible talent. Like I can—they looked through a lot of kids to get this this role, and she was an amazing find. Um, I mean, yeah, she she didn't really go on to do a a whole lot after this, but Mm. maybe that's better for her as a person, (laughs) given how sometimes child stars go down the the wrong path um I she looks I mean I've looked up what she looks like now yeah. and she just seems like eh, she looks like a normal person normal person yeah, yeah just a normal Just she's like yeah whatever I was ending. uh
1: John Huston or Houston uh the director mm-hmm. he just came off the film Victory which was the year prior um, which is about uh, the Olympics, where the the winners held up their their arms at the end, uh, which has a, a, an amazing story behind it. He also did the '60s version of Casino Royale, the spoof one with oh, Woody Allen. Oh, did he do that? Okay. Yeah, and uh, and one of the film noir classics, Maltese Falcon. That was uh, that was one of his stuff. So he okay. was now, although interestingly, uh, Columbia Pictures um, still brought him on as kind of a, a risky. Uh, a risky hire, a kind of a novice, because he was completely inexperienced when it came to musicals. Um, mm. But you know, honestly, I think he did just fine as far as
0: musicals go. I think so. Yeah. I mean, just shows is, is uh, I mean, just from what you listed, it sounds like he actually has had quite a diverse film career.
1: Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that like this was a risky hire because I mean, like he had been directing for like thirty years. So yeah, mm. whatever. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, there were some script changes um, to raise the rating to PG. Originally, it was going to be G. Mm. Then they're like, well, hold on. Only little kids go to see G movies. We want us to get some older kids in, too. So let's drop a couple damnets into the script. And they did, and then the film got bumped to PG. They're like, yeah, that'll broaden our eyes. Yeah. You know, it's strange, because often when you hear about script changes to change the rating, it's to bring the rating down, not up. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: typically. Um, hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, I find it interesting um, that the film now is about forty years old, and which is almost as long as the time difference between when the film is set and when it was made, which is fifty years. Hmm. Uh, yeah, which I guess is so- a very strange sort of timestamp. Uh, as for my personal experience with the film, I definitely saw it on TV. Barely remembered any of it. The thing I remembered the most, honestly, was that tone change for the climax. I always remember being invested in the climax because you know it was kind of quiet. It was kind of scary. Uh, her climbing up that bridge, mm-hmm. and Tim Curry hot on her on her heels and stuff. And uh, and I do remember feeling tense watching that watching that scene. But honestly, the rest of the movie. I mean, I I know I watched it a few times, but ultimately wasn't that memorable to me as a kid.
0: Um, I just okay so here's kind of why I picked this because this is me exercising some demons when I was really little and watched this on TV I was terrified of Daddy Warbucks <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I found him so scary I, I think it's something about and this is something that when I kind of think about people who kind of intimidated me as a kid like mm. adults is Mr. Clean no, Mister Clean. He was. He's too. He's too happy. <laughs> he, he, he's just. He's so satisfied with the job that he's done. <laughs> okay, okay. I was just curious if it was and, bald. And heads. Besides, he only appears when you clean the surface, <laughs> <laughs> and then he and he's only there to congratulate you on a job well done. <laughs> he's like, "Good job, man. Good job." Good job. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to tell him. I prefer Pine Sol." Pine sol. Oh. Um, oh. um, it's uh, the thick eyebrows. Mm. Big eyebrows used to. Scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we we had um we had a friend when we were really little, Alan Daw, and his dad scared me because mm. he had really big eyebrows. <laughs> like and I I just I thought like for some reason like his dad was terrifying. <laughs> um and then I, I just remember like um uh, yeah I don't know. There's other people like I just remember I'm, I'm just like oh he's so big and he's got. Anyways, um, so yeah, Daddy Warbucks uh, just he was not a fan. So I, I just wanted to revisit it finally as an adult and be and you know and put this this phantom <laughs> idea I had behind me. And yeah, and, and you know now I feel like I'm over it. I'm not so I'm not so scared of Daddy Warbucks anymore, uh, except for what he represents: <laughs> <laughs> hoarding wealth, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, war profiteering. <laughs> yes, um, the it's the um you know it it shows that in some ways there's a republican mentality that hasn't really changed <laughs> um because um there's this part where there's this terrorist guy he throws a bomb into Daddy Warbucks's place and yeah. and then they they throw the bomb out they capture the guy and and um Grace just goes up to Annie and she's he's like why does someone want to kill Daddy Warbucks and and, oh. and Grace is just like well, some people just don't want to see proof that the American system works. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, you mean to tell me the American system works... In the middle of the Great Depression, mm. that's what you're. That is what you're trying to sell to me right now. <laughs> that this man is hoarding billions, but down the street
1: is an orphanage <laughs> that only has one staff member,
0: <laughs> and these kids are in are literally dressed in rags. Mm-hmm. And and you're trying to say is it's like they just they just can't handle the fact that the American system works. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, how does she know that?
1: how do we know that this guy that that's his motivation <laughs> right yeah, yeah i don't we know actually no maybe his dad was laid off from one of warbucks's factories yeah, i mean who, you know we don't know yeah i don't
0: know um so that that's sort of like it, it it made me laugh yeah, yeah, me, yeah. I, I had to laugh because otherwise i'd cry because <laughs> i mean because obviously like the uh, the this is before the wealth disparity is what it is now <laughs> you know yeah. like it, it just yeah so anyway it's it's uh it's very silly it's all very silly and that's and I think that's the, the big thing my big issue with the movie and I guess as was probably the the, the original play as well because I, I think the main premise is still and, and of the comic strip because Warbucks in the comic strip
1: he was at first just kind of like a um, just kind of a, a, a one or two shoot shoots character um, but was popular popularly brought him back but he the reason why he was rich was for because of selling weapons during World War one.
0: Mm, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah, hence Warbucks. Yeah. Um, and so the fact of uh, like it, the whole premise is that uh, Annie's life is turned around mm. because a billionaire just happens to take pity on her and takes her in, or he, or is more like more like tricked into taking her. In. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just because the the central premise relies on a character change in Warbucks. The, the, I feel like that should have been the main the main conflict in the film. Yes, but it's not. It, it happens so suddenly. It's just right. It's like basically he's like no, and then he's like, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's
1: like he's on the verge of firing. What's her face? And then all of a sudden he's like, you're pretty when you're arguing with me. And she's like, oh. And he's like, well, you have crooked teeth. And she's like, oh, I'll get them fixed. And he's like, I like crooked teeth. It's like what the. What? <laughs> He's it's, like, you know what? We should we should adopt him. We should ad- no. We should adopt Annie. It's like no, no, no. But we all really want to, and you seem like you like her. Okay, I'll do it myself. The, mm. What? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the change isn't earned. It just well, it just this happens. Is, this is why. Uh, again, I gotta go back to sound of music. Sound of music. It took a while to to wear down on. Christopher Plummer, uh, he hates that movie. Uh, Does he? <laughs> Christopher Plummer hates sound of music. Oh, I didn't yeah. actually know that. Um, yeah. But but you can see you can see him falling in love with Maria, and you can see that she is reforging the relationship
0: between him and the kids. It's also similar um, to. Uh, Mary Poppins. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a transformation that needs to happen with um, uh, the dad. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Banks. Mr. Banks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big, another on the nose name. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. yeah. So, like, the, these are. Um, these the, Those movies pull off this kind of change a lot more successfully. Like, mm-hmm. So, we know it can be done. Yeah. But, I, but Annie, unfortunately, didn't put the work in. Um, it, it was too kind of fixated on. Actually, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. It was it was a film divided uh, between whether we
1: should be following Annie, uh, who doesn't have any character growth through the movie. Really, she's mm-hmm. the same gal uh, as she was at the beginning, which is fine if if your movie's not actually about her character growth. Then whose character growth is it about? Well, Daddy Warbucks doesn't grow. He just kind of. I don't know. Explodes? I don't know. He, just, <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't grow, though. He so, just, yeah. so the movie's like, okay, we're going to follow him or and his growth or we're going to follow Annie and her not growth or, oh, wait, no, maybe maybe it's it's about miss uh mrs hat miss hannigan maybe it's her growth because she's like you know i hate annie
0: but we don't have to kill her you know <laughs> well yeah i mean i that's the thing is that her her redemption arc is pretty pathetic too that yeah. she's horrible to children and completely complicit in crimes through the through the whole film and then the moment that um rooster her brother is legitimately going to kill annie she's like I don't actually want you to kill her and then that's enough for her to be redeemed also something that stood to me as
1: a kid that he knocks knocks Miss Hangin senseless like and she just kind of like you see from above that you know he knocks her and she's, she's down for the count it was a, very, a kind of a strange tone thing mm-hmm. for me as a kid because mm-hmm. it was just like is she
0: dead? Yeah, you know. Yeah, they just kill her on cold blood. Good lord! <laughs> and then you know, there's so much reliance on the in the third act of of trying to find Annie's parents, which mm-hmm. kind of was a thing that wasn't established early on, and then um, that leads into this this climax that uh, didn't have like the villains were not central characters. They weren't they weren't big players too no. much. It was so it just it felt very shoehorned in because almost almost as if they're like, well, we have a screen. We have a movie budget now, and we have a uh, movie special effects. We should open up that door to have a climax that involve that, that, that couldn't be done on stage. But I mean, but as a result, it, it doesn't feel very connected with the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, and and the critics would tend to agree. It's fifty seven percent on Tomatoes. Hmm. Uh, Ebert gave it three out of four stars, but he was very truthful in saying that he just
0: found the characters charming and he liked some of the songs, uh, which and- is which is fair. Yeah. I, um, some of the songs are really good. Um, mm-hmm. Not not just the two very iconic ones of Tomorrow and and, uh, Hard Knock Life, but I I, I did chuckle at um, um, Miss Hannigan's uh, Little Girls song. Um, Oh, and
1: I don't know if you noticed, uh, the song when she's going around, I'm Gonna Like It Here, that was uh, cheekily adapted into that episode of Family Guy where this house is freaking great, you know? Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that you're stinking rich, we'll gladly be Be your your bitch. bitch. This house is freaking great. Yeah. Uh, I, I immediately no, no. so I was like, okay. I no, had no yeah, idea. I, I, I didn't no think about that. A, but now that it you mentioned, it, off, yeah. now that
0: you mentioned it, I totally hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But you know, they did nice little little fun musical numbers. I, I mean, Lord knows, I've seen musicals where the numbers are unremarkable and sometimes a drag. There's
0: definitely some musicals that coast on a good song, and and, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the songs are like, oh yeah, that was fine. Um, <laughs> this one coasts on two good songs and a few, or two great songs and a few good ones, mm-hmm. and then there's a few forgettable ones in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. It would it it would <laughs> Any other thoughts on the movie? I you know, I feel like I kind of covered it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's you know, a lot of uh, some good ideas, um a lot of potential in the cast, um but the story just doesn't really come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that being said,
1: I am now curious to see just based on the politics of it if the 99 and the most recent adaptation if they updated
0: the pol- the politics or removed them, did you know that newest Annie version is the last film Cameron Diaz has done? I had no idea. She's apparently retired from acting. Although I don't know whether that'll be forever. Well, but, yeah, yeah, that, that was, hmm. it was Cameron Diaz's sort sort of uh, up to this point, anyway, a final role. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm curious if they if they updated the the politics or removed them or
0: or drastically changed them. I would be curious. Um maybe, maybe yeah. do- dove all the much deeper because honestly like it's it's you know more topical than ever I think
1: you you could have actually um like especially with the most recent one being the post you know housing crisis of the mid two thousands, you could have dove into things like hoarding wealth and uh that wage disparity and you know maybe ha- add that to the character development of of Warbucks who maybe didn't realize how bad it was for kids on the streets sort of thing Mm -hmm. you know uh there's a lot of potential there i'm curious if they dove down does this mean i'm going to watch the movies
0: i'm going to be truthful probably not (laughs) but i'm curious regardless (laughs) yeah i guess if 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 the opportunity comes up but you're not going to go out of your way to yeah which is fair i think i kind of feel the same way yeah um yeah so i guess uh to the comic to the comic
1: This was released right on the heels of the film. Um, summer 1982 is when it's listed. It's Marvel Super Special number 23, adapted by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Wynne Mortimer, and inked by Vince Coletta. Um, the, this is always the tricky thing. We noted this with uh, Muppets Sick Manhattan, um, is that how are you going to adapt a musical mm-hmm. into the comic form? And Muppets kind of, they towed that line. Yeah, uh, a, this took a different approach for sure. Uh, what was the other film that we did uh, that was musical? Xanadu. Zan- yeah, yeah, duh. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> very musical Xanadu. Yeah, at this one they just decide to remove the songs entirely. It's not a musical anymore. Which yeah, is they, fine. there's a
0: few um, lines that are basically like they say it's a hard knock life for us, but it's just part of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, when Hannigan's introduced, instead of saying did I hear singing or something to that effect? She's like, uh, did I hear noise? So there was a very, I think, uh, DeFalco did a pretty good job of being like, okay, well, not only have I got to adapt this script and take out the, mu- the music, the songs, but I have to be very deliberate about my wording. Uh, yeah, did I hear noise in here instead of did I hear singing in here? Um, I mean, and they could have done it with the girls, you know, singing, having your little musical notes. and mm-hmm. But I think they just decided to sidestep it. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I'm always really leery about trying to depict singing in a comic. I kind of prefer it this way, to be, to yeah. be honest, yeah. The character likenesses are great. Oh, yeah. Although I will say, um, Danny Warbucks, I just saw Lex Luthor. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I just saw Lex Luthor. And then yeah. I thought, man, what an interesting story if it was actually Lex Luthor. And he's just like, you know, I'm not all bad. Uh, <laughs> and then oh well. then you're not, not
0: my Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, there's all things considered, it follows the same beats. Uh, yeah. But it, act- it actually, the pacing, I think, is really good, all things considered. Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll agree with some asterisks. <laughs> there are some asterisks for me <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. The assassination attempt. Yeah. Um, they kept in those very political lines, but it's taken more dramatically here in the movie. It was really kind of cartoony. Even the bomb was a sort of a cartoony bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this one, it's taken a little more dramatically, where where you know Warbucks is just like, oh geez,
0: you know, someone's trying to blow me up. They did keep in that um, that flying airplane little scene as well, mm-hmm. but it's even more vague as to what's going on here. Yeah. So yeah, I, it left me wondering like. Like, why would you even bother to try and incorporate that if you're if you're (laughs) you're gonna convey it even more confusingly than the movie does?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, The flashback of Warbucks and how he made his his millions. started off as a really nice touch like oh something that we didn't see in the movie his past and where mm-hmm. well was cut way too short
0: they it was like two or three panels it was yeah i feel a wasted opportunity and um, uh, because uh, yeah i agree that we didn't it was just him talking in the in the film and, and this would have been a great opportunity to kind of like you know like when you're in to do those big flashbacks um you know already apparently the movie already went over budget yeah um that would be a lot more budget yeah. in a in a comic it would not be. Yeah. It would just be in different drawings.
1: The uh, Warbucks at the end when Annie's friends come and they're like, oh, we're, we're friends of Annie's. He's like, oh, Annie's not here. She's with her parents. And they're like, they're not actually her parents. They're bad people. Instantly convinced. He's like, yeah, all He's right. like, right. You're right. Let's get the FBI. <laughs> so it's like, well, Really? Because we could have another word bubble or something. Like, we saw Miss Hannigan go into the car with them and she was screaming help. Or just just something. I mean, he was so easily convinced. Uh, and then, oh god, the thing that kills me, kills me is this ending. Oh yeah. One panel of resolution. There, it's The second to last, the penultimate panel is Punjab. I really hate saying that name. Punjab grabbing her <laughs> off the hanging Bridge and then the next panel... Is
0: well, it doesn't even show as far as him grabbing her. It's oh, like, yeah, he's it's, not she, even grabbing her she's, she's literally still dangling, and and um, and then it says Annie has courage, and then I guess we are to infer that she was indeed saved. <laughs> this she could actually be dead. This
1: could be like like uh, this could be heaven for her. Yeah, uh, she, you know, <laughs> this little resolution at the end where there's the big party and stuff. Give me a page of it, and I know, I know, page space is very valuable. Mm-hmm. But when you have multiple essays at the back of your comic, then <laughs> you're telling me you can't trim that down and put one more page of the actual comic in? I mean, it's ridiculous. How many pages are we talking about here for this uh, behind the movie thing? Uh,
0: it's like it's
1: got to be what a half dozen pages. One, too? two, three, four,
0: five, six, seven,
1: seven. Yeah. yeah. So I mean,
0: okay. oh wait, oh no, sorry, eight,
1: <laughs> nine. nine.
0: And, and then, then some... And then just and some, then Leonard, oh. Leonard Star.
1: Then there's 10. 10. 11. 12. 12. Okay, 12. Yeah. 12. Can yeah. we not cut that down and just add a, a page of resolution? And I know I've had this complaint before. You guys are probably sick of me saying this because this is not the only comic to do this nonsense. But I'm going to be 100% honest, this is the worst offender. This is the worst... You're right. You don't even see her being rescued. You see this is, I mean, the rescue true. coming... And then, oh well, you know, sometime later, Annie returns to the Warbucks Mansion and her family, her very special family.
0: And did you think whole, about how it was in the movie mm. that this the scene about the party, the party at the end of it, um, was a whole dance number? It was there was a, It was to me like it's another highlight of the film. Is that I, I just kind of like the dancing and the and the visual elements and the fact that it is sort of just this nice little farewell to the film. Um, and um, it, it takes I think it's probably like four or five minutes, but it, but that is that's the emotional payoff of the film. Mm. And you know, you can at least devote a page to that. yeah, I just don't I don't see any reason why not. Um, you know we, we so we the, the page has um, six panels of, of, of the top and then the bottom uh, the bottom panel takes up the whole, um, whole third the, the whole third, third, third of the of page, and then yeah. and, and so like it's it's a good amount of space but um but I think that bottom third could have gone to her being dropped down to the ground and and you know Warbucks would run up to her and go like are you okay you know just just something really simple like that and then turn the page over a full page splash maybe of something kind of along these lines of the party I would have been totally... have her
1: friends in the background uh, yeah. chatter. Like, let's see that they're all cleaned up like we did in the movie. Let's see something emotional between
0: Warbucks and. I understand and not wanting face. to like translate the the dancing and stuff like that. But like, sure. like that'd be just really hard, probably maybe hokey to try and turn into a comic. Um, but just something that looks like the celebration to say this is it. This is the end. Here's the happy ending. Yeah, yeah, and and I just yeah, this is this is probably really. This is a bad offender of, of that of that rush job at the end,
1: especially because I felt the rest of the pace in the comic was fine. It was it was better than the film. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, uh, it, it, it was actually uh, it was easy to get through. Yeah, it was it was, it was a nice it was a nice easy read and stuff. I didn't direct, uh, the fact then that we get cut off at the end, and you know if it was like the last page or even the, the penultimate page, that would be something. But when you got another dozen pages after, <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, um. Uh, that's just that just screams to me we gave up. but I mean, <laughs> they like done. They're like, they're like our deadlines tomorrow. <laughs> Although you know I wonder knowing that maybe I could go back to the comic and see if there's any panels that you could take out. You know what I mean? Because now I wonder.
0: I think so. I mean, for the most part, like again, the the pacing's there. I think it hits all the important plot points um, because it's not like there's tons of important plot points to hit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, there's got to be something. The there's there's whole. Um. You know, actually, it is very economical if mm. you think about how it uses space. Like. Um, I do remember the the film, the, there were, there were scenes that dragged like this, this whole scene when, when (laughs) Warbucks is at the radio station, I just remember going like, oh man, did we really need all this? And here it is in, uh, two panels. Yeah. Boom. Like, like done. It's, it's really, really streamlined. Um, yeah. So I don't know anything else you want to add? (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, any, any
1: problems with the story are inherent to to the film, which is based off. So, yes. as, as far as a comic adaptation goes, I think it's a, a good adaptation, a fairly strong adaptation with a very glaring error.
0: Yeah, but but on the whole, yeah, it's it's the same for me. Where the it it's. Yeah the problems are that are just there because that's the way it was in the movie. The the fact that Warbox doesn't have his like proper like character arc and that he just kind of flips on a dime. If anything, he maybe he flips a little faster in this, but but um but it's it's not the fault of the comic. It seems all in all they they use the they use the the script of the film very well. I mean, I know Tom Defalco is a prolific writer in comics. He's a really big player in Marvel. Um, oh yeah, has oh, been yeah. for a long time. Um, and so he's the guy knows what he's doing. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I can't. I don't know when he started. I, I think I've been reading some of his stuff since the '90s, or maybe, I, I probably even got, went back into some of his '80s catalog. I'm. I'm not the best when it comes to like comic book <laughs> writers and what they've done before and everything, but um, you you know you
1: know when you
0: were following the comics, you know the, the yeah writers, Tom DeFalco's they're... name was in there for sure. Like he's yeah. just one of those guys. Um, so you know, like, and this this just proves that he was really good at at, at seeing what needed to be kept and and putting it down there. Except, uh, yeah, again, except for that ending, which is just like like whoa, we're done? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness, yeah. Goodness gracious, yeah. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what else there is. I mean, it's like I said, Scarlett was invested in the film.
0: Yeah, um, well, I guess I, that's something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which again did surprise me a little, given how long it is. But
0: um, well, you know, that goes to show that there there must be something there that um, I mean, it could just be the fact that the you know the protagonist was someone that was not too dissimilar from her age mm-hmm. and. Uh, and this the the, the music must have been good enough that she wanted to actually listen to it. Um, I know that when I was when I was a little kid there were definitely some musical numbers in movies movies that I actively liked that I was willing to check out in but you know I guess she liked the stuff in Annie so yeah you know good for her um yeah i I, I have such mixed feelings about it because there's so much there's so much to like about Annie without me being able to really actively like it yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i agree with that yeah okay well
1: oh next time sir what do you think
0: um oh i did write mix i should take some notes down uh well we could uh here's two that uh i came up with Uh, hmm yeah,
1: you know what? I'm I'm liking Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I figure you know we we've covered a few lesser known films lately. Yeah. We could dive into something that's that everybody knows.
1: Yeah, I just finished the Mandalorian. Oh, cool. So, uh, okay. Yeah, just plugging that as well,
0: guys. Great series. So next episode, <laughs> next episode, we are going to cover uh, the original Marvel Comics adaptation of Star Wars. I guess A New Hope. Does um, um, Marvel still? Own the, the rights to Star Wars? Well, I think they, they lost it and now they've gotten him back. Oh. Because Marvel was bought by Disney. And, uh. Yeah. And Star Wars was bought by Disney. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, the, maybe you're right. Dark Horse had it for a long time. That's
1: right. I was trying to think. Because I had, uh. still have, I should say, a bunch of the, uh. Rogue Squadron comics. Yeah. X Wing comics? like a ton of them and I was trying to remember who did them and you're right that was
0: Dark Horse Dark Horse had us. Had they had Star Wars uh, that was probably their bread and butter for the longest time yeah those were actually a really really good series uh,
1: X-Wing X-Wing series or Rogue Squadron War- series um, yeah but uh, but the yeah. original the original
0: days of Star Wars comics were Marvel
1: um, I'm very curious actually about it truthfully yeah hmm. cool cool well uh, thanks for tuning in folks and uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you guys shortly. Um, yeah, you know what? Keep watching movies and keep reading comics. I dare you. I dare you.